a un primero de mayo. <laughs> There's been a narrative going around that since racism amongst black athletes, uh, since that's back, that somehow, you know, outside is back, that uh, the pandemic is officially over. I mean, did we forget last summer <laughs> when it was racism rampant throughout? There was racism with the NBA resuming with NFL players. There was racism even when that, all right, whatever. So apparently everyone now is running with the narrative of, oh, you know, things are back to normal. Ha ha, see, because look, look at all the wild stuff that's happening to black athletes. Uh, even a pandemic couldn't stop that, bro. Not even, not even a, a catastrophic uh, nationwide, worldwide, global pandemic could stop that. So let's run it down if you haven't heard. Russie got popcorn thrown at him or thrown on him in Philly. Uh, Trey Young got spit on in New York. Kyrie is prefacing, sending precursors to the Boston faithful to please don't be so racist when I come back. And then we have John Morant's family being disrespected in Utah. We're not even getting into Marcus Smart yet and what Marcus Smart said that completely contradicts the Scamadum Dea, Danny Gaines, who tried to shoot himself and the city of Boston. Tremendous bail. And Marcus Smart said, uh uh uh, nah, bruh. Matter of fact, let's go right there. Fuck it. So, Danny Ainge. Because I talked about Kyrie in the last pod, right? Talked about Kyrie in his comments. He's basically saying, please, Boston, I'm pulling up. Try not to be so racist. I know how you get down. I know how you get down. So I know how you are in your nature, in your spirit. I'm asking y'all this one time, if y'all could not be so racist, maybe don't be 100% racist. Maybe you could be 5 10% racist. Can you do that for one night? Can you do that for one night, Boston? Can you hold it down? Can you hold down the racist rhetoric? Can you not, you know, switch up what the N-word means and use code words like Monday? Can you not do any of that for one night? Oh, wait, y'all ain't know that? Y'all ain't know that Boston people switched up what N-word means and uses Monday to mean N-word? Y'all ain't know that? Boston. So Kyrie comes out and says the thing, y'all, I hope they can not be racist. And then everyone goes crazy, specifically Boston people, specifically Boston media, specifically Boston fans. They go crazy. And Danny Ainge gets asked what is his thoughts about this? And he has to shoot bail because what else is what else is he going to do? What else is he going to say? Yes, Boston fans are extremely racist and we agree with Kyrie. We hope our fans won't be that way in games three and four, which are most likely going to be our last games of the season. So let's not aim racist vitriol at Kyrie Irving. No. He shot them all to bail in all his years. Two decades plus, he's never heard of anything from any players or anyone else in regards to Boston, the city, or the fan base of the Celtics being racist. And Marcus Smart said, oh, hell to the nah. Hell nah, bro. You're not going to get that off. Marcus Smart said, no, I've heard it. I mean, Marcus Smart did a whole piece last year. What was it, the Players' Tribune? I think it was the Players' Tribune or something like that. Talking about the different racist taunts he's heard, not only from Boston fans, but from NBA fans at different arenas. 
So literally, Danny Ainge, Scamadamdea, there's a dude on your roster who you could have went to and asked him directly, hey, what Kyrie said, do you know anything about that? But no. He puts on for the customers, because the customer's always right, and especially in that part of the country, and especially with that team and that fan base. He does what he has to do to keep the money rolling. I just don't understand where the vitriol, and I try to talk about this in trash narratives. Uh, that will be coming soon. I don't understand where the vitriol for Kyrie, it all stems from widely. They're mad that he lied to them. They're mad that he told them he was going to resign. And he didn't. He got the fuck up out of there. They're mad that he did that. They're so mad that they could never forgive him. They're so mad that they called him all types of words on social media and on public radio shows in that area. They can't get over the fact that Kyrie Irving lied to them. Boston, you know who else lied to you? Gordon Hayward. He lied. He said he wanted to come back. Where is he now? Charlotte. Name me an athlete that doesn't lie, black or white. Name me a coach that doesn't lie, black or white. Name me a front office that doesn't lie, black or white. Name me an owner, black or white. Well, we know that those are normally white. Name me an owner that doesn't lie. This is business. This is corporate shit. It's all a lie. If you really want to have that talk, it's all a lie. They're all lying. Media, players, front office, ownership, commentators, they're all lying. Because there's money to be made. You are the money. You are the consumer. You are the customer. They're going to say whatever they got to say to make sure you keep coming back. When black fans in the NFL made noise and say, yo, because of Kaepernick, we not coming back. What the hell did the NFL do? All of a sudden, the Players Coalition thing got a lot more traction. That whole concept got a lot more bread thrown, it, thrown into it. All of a sudden, here comes Capitalist Hove. Because we got to put a black spin on this to get some of our black fan base back. Even though we only really care about the white ones, we still need some black ones. Because some of them got money. We need all that money. We need all potential money. So let's bring in Capitalist Hove, use him for his cachet. We're going to use Rock Nation. We're going to use the Players Coalition. We're going to use black charities, black nonprofits, and we're going to get this money because we need black fans back. And what happened? Some black fans came back. I know some people that swore off the NFL, said they never going to watch again and Yada, yada, yada. And no, they, they, they right back at it. They right back to it. I don't knock them for it. I never was on that type of time. I just called it for what it is. I'd rather call it for what it is and then still enjoy the product for however way I use it. than to be staunch to say, I'm never watching it again. And then you pull a 180. So Celtic media, Celtic fans, national media keep bringing up the fact that Kyrie lied. That's why he's getting all the vitriol. That's why he's getting all the energy. That's why he's getting all the slander. How dare he lie 
to Boston Celtic fans and tell them he's returning. He's coming back. How dare he do that? As if coaches haven't gone into millions, millions of homes of 17 and 18 year olds and looked their parents in their eyes and have told them, entrust your child into me. I'm going to watch over them over the next four years of their lives while they're college students and trust them into me. Get that letter of intent, offer that scholarship, get the fuck out of there, and then go sign a deal the next day with a whole nother university. Every summer there's stories about that. Every summer there's whole ass recruiting classes that were led astray, run amok, bamboozled. Every summer. College coaches will sit there under the bright lights and say, I love it here. I'm staying here. My family enjoys it here. And then the next week, they're on a PJ in another town saying how grateful they are for this new opportunity. And it was an opportunity that was best for him and his family. Every goddamn summer that happens. Kyrie plays the party line. What is he supposed to say? Nah, you know, I would love to come back to Boston, but my man's KD don't really fuck with y'all. And he's trying to build an empire in New York. So I'm going to really go wherever he goes. We've kind of set that deal. Imagine if Kyrie would have said that. You think he's catching heat now. You think he's catching vitriol and slander now. Imagine if he would have kept it all the way transparent, like we want from all these athletes. And would have said, nah, really? Like me, KD, DeAndre, we've been talking for a couple of years now, and we really trying to link up. We really trying to build this super team. KD said he got another one in the tuck, but he really can't talk about it. So, but I mean, we really not, we not really listening to anybody that's not in New York. Actually, DeAndre is going gonna, is, is gonna to use the time that he has as a Nick to kind of scope out that organization and see if they with the shits. And if they not, then we might fuck with Brooklyn. Imagine if he would have been that transparent in Boston, crucified, absolutely crucified. So you know what he did? He said what you want to hear. We do that every day. We tell people what they want to hear. Because we don't want no problems. Because if I tell you the truth, the truth going to hurt you more. So I tell you what you want to hear. Y'all do it every day at work. It don't act like you don't. Y'all do it at work. Y'all do it at home with your significant others, with your kids if you have them, your parents if you have them. You tell them what they want to hear. I've certainly done it. So Kyrie did what all of us would do in the same scenario. I've never seen an athlete in that spot, be transparent and say, yeah, I ain't coming back. I know the shit with Julio popped off and that's a whole nother thing. But in regards to an athlete pressed in the moment in front of that base, has an athlete ever gave it up and said, yeah, I'm not coming back here. I want no parts of this. I can't recall it. If you know of one, hit me up. I would love to reminisce or look it up or whatever because I can't think of nothing off the top of a prominent athlete in front of their base, in front of their current team's home base and saying, yeah, I'm getting the fuck up out of here. I want no parts of this. LeBron lied. 
LeBron said he would explore all of his options, but he would give Cleveland every chance. He Cleveland had no fucking chance. And you saw how that fan base reacted when the truth, when the transparency eventually came out. This is the game. You tell people what they want to hear. So the fact that Boston feels so slighted, so insulted, that Kyrie told them what at the time they wanted to hear. And there's prominent media people that I fuck with that are actually saying like that was the reason why the Celtics haven't really reached their apex is because Kyrie bounced on them. And that's what made me do the trash narrative on it. Like I said, I can't believe people are bugging out about this. I can't believe people are really jumping, jumping off the cliff, jumping out the window, putting all that on Kyrie as if the Skemadum Dea hasn't been able to trade for anything significant outside of, you know, extra lottery picks 30 years into the future. And the boy genius being out-schemed on pick and rolls. But it's Kyrie's fault. Kyrie said no, and that was the first domino. The fuck out of here. You have two potential top 15 players. Some would say Tatum's top 10. I'm not. Both of them is top 15. If you want to be really slanderous, you could say they're both top 20. Eastern Conference Finals, three out of the last four years. Definitely not making it four out of five. But even still, Eastern Conference Finals, three out of the last five years is still impressive. But it's not enough. And I don't know if Kyrie would have stayed if that's enough. Boston is who we have always known them to be. Marcus Smart who has dealt with shit all the way through college. Remember Marcus Smart, he ran up in the crowd when he was at Oklahoma State. He ran up in the crowd and, and got up in a booster's face. That was a booster. That was an important dude that was talking crazy. And Marcus Smart ran up on son in the front row for talking too crazy. You take slander. You understand that. That's part of the game. Athletes know that you're going to get chided on by the fans, and we'll, we'll get to Trey Young and all that in a second, but they know that. But there's levels to it. Marcus Smart ran up in the stands and pressed that old white dude. Pressed him. And you could look in that man's eyes. I had to go back and rewatch the clip yesterday. You could see the fear in that man's eyes once he realized, oh shit, he's about to press me. And that's where you have to do that sometimes because people think these words are just words. Words matter. Words are important. And people think they can just say whatever and you won't get pressed. So Marcus Smart ran up on Son and let him know, nah, dog, you can get pressed. And he did that as a college athlete where he has no power. And we have multi-million dollar max contract athletes in the professional ranks who can't do shit with fans who do the same thing, if not worse, to them than was than what was done to Marcus Smart in college. Russie getting popcorn dumped on him. Trey Young getting spit at from a dude in the first row who had very similar hair texture to him, which might be a self-hate thing. John Morant's parents getting slandered in the stands in Utah. 
who were probably so mad that somehow, some way, the Wizards couldn't play Utah because they love to hate Russie more than any other. But now Philly is rising up that ranks because of whatever bullshit Embiid and Russie have. Fandom is out of control. And this that's why, to me, it's a mental illness. This is why fandom is a mental illness. Only fandom can make you think, well, racism too. But racism also is a mental illness. So they both wanted the same. But that fandom to think, you're Philly. My team is winning. My team is blowing out the Wizards. Russie's having a bad game and he's hurt. He's limping off the court with help. And you just want to dump popcorn on son? For what? What part of fandom is that? What part of racism is that? What part does any of it, what part does common sense play in any of it? You're Utah. Yeah, John Morant got off on you. He's been killing y'all. But you get the split. You got your best player back, the best player in the whole series, Donovan Mitchell. You're winning. And you're going to throw shade at John Morant's mother? Call out his pops? Trash that man's whole family? For what? What's the point? What's the purpose? If you're a fan, what's the purpose? You're a Knicks tape fan. You got damn near courtside seats. You're sitting behind Fitty, Southside. Trey Young's imbalancing the ball near you. And you feel like you're so angry looking at that man with that hair kill your team that you want to spit on him? When you probably go to the same barber as Trey Young? What part of fandom is that? What part of mental illness is that? As much as I'm glad we don't have another malice in the palace type type situation, I I wonder why we can't get a Mad Max Vernon Maxwell type story again. Like... Mad Max, Vernon Maxwell, player for the Houston Rockets back in the day, was on that first championship team. He pulled up. Fan was talking shit. I think it was in Portland. Fan was talking shit. Crazy shit, too. Slandering him, his family. But then Mans went too far. Mans went too far. Talked about his stillborn child. Right. So... Did Mad Max have the, you know, Captain Jack reaction? Did he start hopping over seats and jumping up rows? No. No. Did he do the rusty and point at Sun like, is this your man's? Like, is this? No. Did, did he give a little turnaround and sly smile to the crowd like Trey Young? No. You know what Mad Max did? He calmly got up, proudly walked up the steps, approached that fan, and knocked him the fuck out. Like clean shot. Knocked him the fuck out. And you know what he got? He didn't get the Artest thing of got suspended the rest of the season and Captain Jack and Jamal Tinsley, all them dudes got suspended, you know, upwards of 30, 40, 50 games or whatever. Mad Max got 10 games. 10. 10 games for going up into the stands, 
knocking a customer, a paying customer, flat the fuck out. Ten games. And you wonder why we question the, the toughness of this era's game of basketball. You wonder why. I mean, shit, even Derrick Rose is now saying it like this era of basketball is soft. Players and fans. That's how I took it anyway. I read between the lines on that. He said today's game, today's players are soft. And you wonder why we say that is because in the 80s, in the 90s, you could be Mad Max and just calmly walk into the stands and knock a motherfucker out and only get 10 games. And I'm sure the players you can try to fight that to get it down even lower. But now you're supposed to get spit on. You're supposed to take that. They're dumping popcorn on you. You're supposed to take that. Some man's is slandering your whole family with your family there present. You got to take that. But if two players are on the court and they start rumbling, if you're on the bench and you take a step onto the floor, you're suspended. The overreaction, the overpunitive reaction is so problematic in today's basketball, in today's sports, really, in today's lifestyle, in today's society, really. But we're locking in and focusing in on sports and basketball specifically. It's overreactionary, overpunitive. The customer always right thing has gone too far. Remember Marcus Peters in football ran up into the stands and was about to press son? They had to go grab him. But he don't play that shit. Marcus Peters was about to run up in the stands and lay dude out. Like, it's getting to a point where fans with these Twitter fingers and the things that they think they can get away with because they're in whatever level suite or they're in whatever ever behind barricades and their security between you and whoever. Nah, bruh. You could get touched. You could get touched. And that's why the leagues have to put in all these stipulations to make it so the players aren't incentivized to go up in the stands. What did Marcus Peters get for that? Did he get suspended for that? I mean, he didn't make contact with the fan. I don't feel like looking it up, to be quite honest. But I remember that. He was about to run up in the stands. The way he was talking, he meant every syllable of that shit. <laughs> every fucking syllable. He meant that shit. He was going to get up in them saying, if he would have got his hands on son, it would have been problems. It would have been problems. 